Six after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. Uh, Kathy Mutlachana with you as always. Uh, so over the next hour, we're first going to be looking at uh, the issue of safety around children, especially uh, where pit bulls are concerned. It's following yet another incident where a child has lost their lives. And then we'll wrap up the hour with a conversation, taking a look at this inquest that has been reopened. They're looking into the death of Neil Agate and uh, what exactly may have been the circumstances around his death. And of course, um, f- this is all following off the precedence of what we saw in the Ahmed Timmel matter. So I uh, will be sp- speaking to some uh, to a community activist, uh, somebody who you might know very well because they've been part of South Africa's landscape for a long time. Jackie Soroge will be joining us for that uh, particular conversation and also just re-emphasize emphasizing the importance of these cases and why we should not forget about them. Before we do that, though, let's begin here. You know, an incident of a four-year-old child who was mauled to death by their neighbor's pit bull. Uh, now, the owner of this dog breed, uh, we're going to be speaking rather to an organization that uh, is the Pitbull Federation of South Africa around this particular breed of dog and also to attorneys around just what are the legalities that surround that uh, owners rather of pit bulls need to be aware of, especially in ensuring the safety of those around them. Uh, let me welcome Lynn's Ruchtenbach. Uh, Linz Ruchtenbach is the former PRO of the Pitbull Association of South Africa. Linz, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the invitation. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. And Chris Smith is a director at DSC Attorneys. Chris, good morning. Good morning, Cathy. Thanks for having me. Sure. Let's firstly begin just with, um, you know, some of the violence that we do see uh, meted out on children in particular uh, when it comes to these attack lens. Just uh, your own understanding over the years, having been in this industry, over what leads to such incidents? Well, firstly, we need to look at what the American Pitbull Terrier was and is. The American Pitbull Terrier exists purely because of dog fighting. Now, because of that, they could never actually be human aggressors because their handlers had to handle them in the pit. So what would happen in the old days was that they would cull off any dog who was human aggressive. But over the years, what has happened is incredibly bad indiscriminate breeding of these dogs where they gained popularity, and here I blame the Pitbull Advocacy Group, and people just went insane and started breeding me. Now, we need to understand that temperament of a dog is between 60 and 70% inherited. So with poor breeding and mass breeding, what we found was people have started breeding in poor temperament. Now, obviously, the more you breed these dogs, the stronger that trait becomes. Couple that now with how people are keeping these dogs. They are often kept on short chains in very small cages, so they become frustrated. All these dogs are trained harshly. And also we've got an element of irresponsible dog ownership where people don't understand the intense responsibility that comes with owning these dogs. We've also got youngsters who are now being drawn to these dogs. So they get these poorly bred dogs. It's become a status symbol. And what we have just done is created the perfect storm for these maulings. 
it sounds quite concerning. Uh, how has this situation been, been been allowed to get to the point to where it is it is today, especially given the profile of the dogs that we're talking about, Linz? I'm going to be completely blunt and honest with you. Mm. We are sitting where we are sitting because we are sitting with nobody wanting to take responsibility for what is going on. Mm. We've got rescue organizations who are passing out these dogs without working with behaviorists. So we've got dogs that have bitten before that are coming into rescue organizations. Nobody wants to put a dangerous dog to sleep. So these dogs get rehomed. You cannot rehabilitate that out of a dog. Then we have show organizations who are openly saying the dog is not registered, it's not a pit bull, so they've thrown their hands up. And up until recently, um, nobody's wanted to take responsibility. Now, I'm no longer with Pitbull Federation, but they sort of got to a point where they wanted a centralized um, registration database, which mm-hmm. I can commend them for. Then we have owners who just don't care. I mean, I own a Pitbull, and I can tell you it's like living in a prison. Unfortunately, it's gotten to this because every, it's always somebody else's problem. Now it's become everybody's problem. And really, where we need to be with this is that there needs to be cases opened. We need people criminally charged. We need civil cases because ultimately we're playing with lives here. Mm. Chris, are we seeing that? Are we seeing that people are taking more action in the aftermath of these, event, of, of these attacks? Yes, Cathy, we've seen a definite significant increase in matters referred to our firm. And also, if you have a look at recent court cases reported um, in the past couple of months, there's a definite increase. I think the public is becoming more and more aware of the um, right to uh, to take action. And as um, Linz has mentioned, not only should the dog owners be criminally charged, but you know the public should be made aware that should they be attacked by um, a dog, that mm. there's a good possibility that they would succeed with the claim against the, the dog owners. Often, what is the legislative framework that you're following when some of these matters are being pursued? Well, if you are injured or if, you, if your child is injured by uh, the owner of the dog, the appropriate action would obviously be to uh, report the incident to the police and then to seek legal advice in proceeding with the claim. Mm. And most recently, the courts have expanded the current actions available to people that have been injured to make it um, easier for them to proceed with the claim against the the dog owners. How successful are are some of these cases before the courts? Look, like I said, it is fairly easy to to prove liability. Well, you don't have to prove liability anymore. You really just have to prove ownership and the damages suffered. The problem that we often see, however, is that um, you know, a lot of these dogs, uh, it's difficult to determine who the owners are. And even once you've determined mm-hmm. who the owners are, um, even if you're successful in the claim against them, they don't necessarily have money to pay for, for the damages. And uh, as you probably have read, most recent cases, um, damages suffered were close to a million rand in the in the last case. I mean, the... Mm-hmm. Poor Gardner lost his his arm as a result of a, an attack by by a dog. Mm. Also, just to mention, uh, yes, I, I heard that your introduction referred specifically to pit bulls, but what we're seeing is just dogs in general. You know, mm. I can't say that we we deal with a lot of these type of cases, and I can't say that they specifically focus on on pit bulls. Yeah, which which other dog breeds uh, types are, are you are you dealing with when it comes to these cases? 
Well, like I said, you know, there's no specific dog, so I think it's it's wrong to just focus on, on a specific breed of dog. Mm. Um, I see in certain countries they're looking at breed-specific legislation, which I don't think is really uh, is really effective or um, appropriate to, to be looking at. And if I have to look at the matters referred to just by our firm, like I said, there's no specific breed that you can that you can single out. You know, all dogs bite, pets bite, mm. in general. So uh, you know, there's there's no specific dog that can be singled out. Oh, of course, the, 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 the only the, the difficulty here is that in in the instances where you have young children that uh, have been mauled to death, it has often involved pit bulls. That's right. You know, but mm. the uh, the statistics that well, the statistics that are available to us. I don't think are, are very reliable because when it's a pit bull, you know, it's very newsworthy. But if it's a it's a puppy that attacks a child, you don't often see that, or it 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 doesn't become as as newsworthy as as pit bulls. So, uh, you know, pit bulls are definitely known to be more aggressive, but there are many other breeds of dogs that are also aggressive. I think the focus should really be on the owners and the responsibility of owners to keep any pet, and then specifically dogs, in an environment where it doesn't pose a threat to to public to their own children or to the public in general. Mm. Linz, let, let me bring you back into the conversation here because uh, Chris is talking about ownership and that often in these cases that they're pursuing, uh, the civil cases that they're pursuing, it's hard to prove ownership of the animals. That's a big problem because it means that you also could have a situation where there are lots of dogs that are wandering the streets without a home. You see, this is where the responsibility side comes in. When you own any what we call power breeds, and I'd like to thank Chris for saying any breed of dog, but when you own dogs like your pit bulls, your bull terriers, your burbulls, your German shepherds, your rottweilers, any of these dogs who inflict massive damage, Mm. the onus is on you to keep your dogs safely inside your yard. And unfortunately, people don't do this. These dogs escape and they go and they attack people. Mm. And this is something that there is a problem because it is a metro problem. It's a bylaw problem. But when it's reported, nothing's done. The public then automatically shouts the SPCA must be involved. But the SPCA is not their mandate, even though they will assist. We need to get to a point where our metro system and our bylaws are enforced. To give you a perfect example, I've got a friend who is a prosecutor in Klaasdorf. And at the moment, they're busy dealing with a case where a dog has pulled other dogs through the fence. Mm. He's stuck his head through and he's pulling dogs through the fence. Ultimately, what's happened is warnings were issued. It is going through this. I can't discuss it. But what what we need is for more owner accountability. If your dog is out in the street, we need you to be fined. We need it where it becomes mandatory for dogs to be microchipped. Mm. The chip that goes in the neck, the dog's, all your information is on that. Your dog escapes or your dog bites. You scan that dog and... There it is. You're the owner. But ultimately, it is your responsibility. And owning these dogs means that you've got to keep them in. Let's, there is no other way around yeah. it. Is, is one of the challenges not the fact that um, the, the breeding often takes place uh, unregulated and that people effectively do what they want and not everybody who's breeding these animals actually registers them? Okay, that is a very valid point. To give you an indication... At the moment, you can go onto any Facebook group. Mm. 
and you will find at least 10 to 15 litters advertised. There's absolutely no regard for the dog once they've sold those puppies. Mm. So you've basically got anybody who's done no breed research on any of these breeds who's gone and bought one of these dogs. When accidents happen, nobody wants responsibility. But I am going to pull the registered breeders into this. Because other than a small handful of registered breeders in South Africa, the rest are all backyard breeders issuing papers. The minute there's a problem, even if that dog is registered, they throw their hands up in the air and go, it's not my problem. But it Mm. is their problem Mm. because they sold dogs to people who didn't know what they were doing. There is absolutely no accountability from any breeder's side, from the registered ones right through to the guy who's got a pit bull male and female and breeding for the sake of breeding. Mm. It is a very, very serious problem. But in South Africa, I mean, we don't even have to um, go and get licenses for our dogs anymore. We used to have to. It's just so unregulated and so uncontrolled that we're sitting with just this flood of dogs and poorly bred dogs. Mm. Couple that, I mean, that's something that will scare you. Down in the Cape, a pit bull attacked somebody and bit them. We had a group of animal rights activists who went and threatened SBCA, threatened the um, city of Cape Town, and the dog was returned. Mm. There are people who are supposed to be looking out for the interests of these animals who are now screaming for them to be returned because nobody likes the idea of a dog who is a danger to society being put to sleep. Once a dog is bitten, there's no coming back. Behaviorists refer to a thing called the Ian Dunbar bite scale, and that outlines different, you know, the different levels of bites. A dog who bites cannot be fixed. There mm. is absolutely nothing, and it's been scientifically proven. Once they've bitten, we say they lack something called bite inhibition. It's not if it will happen again, it's when it will happen again. Mm. And really, it's just like I said to you, this has become the perfect storm because there's just everybody who's really, my opinion, does not care. They blame victims. I mean, Mm. what what you'll see is like this little girl who passed away. You'll see this will hit the news and you will see hundreds of people going, what did the child do? Mm. What what did the parents do? Did the child tease? Victim shaming is not okay. I own a pit bull and my dog, even though he's aggressive to other dogs, any stranger can walk in. My dog helped thieves carry copper piping off our wall. That is a pit bull terrier. A pit bull who bites does not belong in society, and it needs to be put to sleep. No discussions, no rehabilitation. It needs to be put to sleep for the safety of I mean, children, of adults. It is detrimental to society to right. keep a human aggressive pit bull alive. We're going to continue our conversation after this quick break. You can also call us on 011-714-2006, the SMS line 41391, and on WhatsApp. I'll take your voice notes and your messages on 0614-104-107. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.6 FM in Mangaung. Well, we're taking a look at the issue of safety, especially where... uh 
animals, in particular dogs, are concerned because we've seen numerous uh, incidents that we young children in particular have been killed by pit bulls. And that is the conversation around which uh, we, or rather that's the pretext around which we had framed our conversation. But it's becoming clear talking to those that are working in that space that, um, you know, the problem extends far beyond just the pit bulls and in fact involves other breeds of dogs and little responsibility for those who have dogs for their behavior. I'm going to take your calls in a moment. I want to go to the WhatsApp line and listen to some of the voice notes uh, that you've been sending in. Good morning, Kate. It's Fiso here from Cape Town. Personally, I feel these dogs must be banned in South Africa. We don't have to deal with incidents like this. Um, even that uh, Pitbull Federation of South Africa, I feel it's a useless institution um, because they, w- they will not assist in cases like this. I didn't even know that they exist. There are a lot of incidents that happen which do not get reported. Uh, about these dogs. They are very dangerous in the society. They must just be banned. Finish. Thank you. Swiss from Cape Town. Uh, good day, Kathy. This is Dean from PMB. Uh, regarding the pit bulls, around the area yeah, there's guys stealing pit bulls for fighting. And I know a guy that uh, clips uh, these ears of these uh, pit bulls to make them more cheeky. And he was arrested, but he came out because his uh, brother is a police. So, um, yeah, in PMB, they're stealing pit bulls for fighting reasons. Good morning, Kathy. This is Anonymous from Devin, and I'm listening to this conversation that you guys are having about pit bulls. I stayed in Blasi, and I cringe at the number of little boys, let's around about 11, 12 year olds walking around the township with pitbulls and um it's become common you know and it's 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 quite scary i always cringe when i see that happening because because they're not under no parental supervision they're just walking randomly you know yeah hello Casey and sa listener the thing that i don't understand is this these people they go around holding the pitbulls on the street and this animal are dangerous. Little mistake, they attack. And at the end, they don't face any consequences or nothing or no jail term. On the other side, the kids are dead. How many how many times are we always talking about this? P- kids are going are getting killed on the street because of this pit food. Thank you, Katie. And, and that's part of the issue, right? It comes back to accountability. Who is held responsible when these incidents happen? I'm speaking with Linz Rottenbach, who is a researcher in this field. She's also a former PRO of the Pitbull Federation of South Africa. And Chris Smith is a director at DSC Attorneys. And of course, uh, he also deals with some of the civil cases pursued against owners of some of these dogs that uh, have attacked people. Let me go to the phone lines. Martin and Good morning. Hi, good day. Hi, Martin. If you can just Hi, turn down your radio, there we go. I did, I did. Mm. Okay, so in short, um, I actually uh, been listening to the show and was referred to by a few people that do listen to your show. So I'm in Johannesburg North, all mm-hmm. right, and um, 
I do shelter many animals, such as, you know, different different power breeds, as Lynn would indicate. Mm. However, I think the, pre- the previous gentleman which you spoke to highlighted a very important point. Mm. And this is part of my experience, and I'll give it to you right now. When a pit bull attacks a person, you hear this all over the news, all right? In the past three years, I had to salvage Rottweilers, mixed breeds, um, fox terriers crossed with Jack Russells, you name it. I don't even know what the guys are breeding those poor things to, mm. that are attacking families. Mm. And it's a behavioral issue. I would not say particularly just a pit bull. I can probably say I've rehomed three pit bull males and probably one female out of about 40 dogs that has been rehomed in the past four, three to four years by myself and people that I know, or people I associate myself with. Mm. So um, I think it's just a stereotype thing, and I'm listening to all your voice notes and stuff, you know. Um, we become so accustomed to complaining about something we don't understand. Mm. Mm. And yeah. that is what is currently happening right now, is, you know. Uh, people, people are quick to say that, oh, this mm. breed is so vicious. What about the melanoids? Those things are, once they get into a person, and you must know that a melanoid and a German Shepherd, for example, those dogs drive and their drive is a lot higher compared to a pit bull. If you have to put the pit bull onto a person and you, and, mm-hmm. and, and you have to take mm-hmm. a, a melanoid and put it onto a person, totally different. The very same thing with Great Danes as well. I had to drive all the way out towards Mulder's Drift, go and save a family out of a house to remove the Great Danes away from them mm-hmm. because those Great Danes were trying to bite the family. As we would say, gentle giants. It's a behavioral thing across all breeds that can snap in any dog at mm-hmm. any time. So, so, I think so, 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 Martin, Martin, j- just a couple of issues that that yeah. I wanted to um, raise raise with you, and I completely hear the argument that you and the guests have made around um, pit bulls being given the spotlight, and it's probably easier uh, for for those incidents to be reported because yeah. while um, pit bulls are known or have gained a reputation, whereas it's much harder to explain with the other breed of dogs that yeah. that that you're referring. But now, yeah. where where does the problem come from in terms of the behavior of this do- of these dogs? Does it necessarily go back to how they've been raised? Yeah, you see, one 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 important thing is um, when people do purchase a dog from me, or if I do have to rear home, I always say you need to be stern with your dog. It's the very same thing as a child or someone coming to visit your place. Everything needs boundaries, and same with your dog. People will allow the dog to jump on the couch. Um, from a puppy age and push in between you and your child. So the dog grows up at six months, the dog learns that. And then the child starts throwing a tantrum and the dog gets irritated and stands between the owner and the child Mm. at nine months old. Mm. And owners does not see those simple small things as a trigger for the dog. So the child comes out into the yard tomorrow, the mother is standing at the gate, the mother shouts to the child, come. What does the dog see? Okay, the child is in between us. Let me attack that child. So the child starts turning around, and immediately it is a natural instinct for any animal with a power breed, uh, a Jack Russell, to attack something that is going to run. So it will bite that child. Oh, Martin, th- this conversation is giving me goosebumps. It's actually making me nervous uh, for people who own these dogs. Uh, um, Martin calling us from Joburg. Thank you so much for that insightful call. It's 11.30. We're going to take news headlines. Uh, I see a lot of you are responding to this conversation. So I will continue taking one or two calls after it. And then I will shift gear into our final conversation of the day.
SAFM 104-107 Nationwide Leading the Conversation so we've extended this conversation uh, a bit because of the reaction that uh, we've been getting to this particular story. We're talking about safety and animals, in particular dogs. Linz Rotenbach is the former PRO of the Pitbull Federation of South Africa. She's also a researcher in this field. And Chris Smith is a director at DSC Attorneys uh, who's been joining us. And he's been speaking to us about some of uh, the issues in terms of the civil cases that are often brought forward once these incidents or attacks have happened and he has said it's not just limited to pit bulls it in fact involves many other breed of dogs langa in mvoti good morning morning how are you man i'm well thank you go for it yes um um langa Duba, i used to work for the municipality what the uh one of the reasons uh, i was fired is because i was complaining about the dogs that keep uh, coming to the bedding area as a lifeguard there's rules on the beach that dogs are not allowed. These mm. people kept coming with dogs on the beach. Mm. If, if it's not a lockdown now, I'll tell you, I was going to call you and tell you there's a dog on the beach and the law enforcement are not coming. Mm. And the incidents in Balito, uh, you'll find that uh, um, workers around uh, black people, I mean workers, which are black people that, that work around Balito, they get bitten by dogs every month. Mm. One case every month of dogs beating people, black people in Balito, mm. and nothing is happening about it. Mm. And uh, one municipal worker, what the was a municipal worker, was beaten by a dog. You could see a hole through your hand, through his hand. He was beaten by two dogs mm. while he was working for the municipality in Balito. Nothing was done about that. There's a serious case about dogs, especially on the beaches. Oh, Langa, th- thanks for that call and for, for making us aware. Linz, you know, let me bring you in here. Something like that, you know, where, where dogs are as aggressive as they are, but seemingly aggressive towards people of particular races. Is that Does that have to do with how they're trained? You know, to a large degree, yes. Mm. Um, there seems to be this perception that if you keep your dog away from a certain person of color or you make them aggressive, you make them associate a person of color, and a lot of people do this, with a threat and somebody that they need to protect themselves from, we are finding that these dogs are then turning on people of color. Now, it's a very stupid thing. I'll tell you straight that my dogs can walk with the people that work in our house purely because I'm not going to have an incident. But yes, there is this opinion that it is only going to be a person of color robbing you, so your dog must protect you from that. Mm. Now, here's something interesting. Science has proven that dogs do only have the mental capacity of a two-year-old child. Are we really going to trust a two-year-old child to protect our house? Mm. Dogs, that behavior that people are perceiving as protective, it's not the dog protecting its owner. The dog is protecting itself in effect. Because if it bites that person who it views as a threat, it means... That person is not going to come at the owner, meaning keep yourself safe. So it is a mindset that people need to get out of. Dogs do not protect us. They protect themselves. They are the most selfish animals on the planet. And I'm going to offend a lot of your viewers because a lot of people believe dog is man's best friend. We're going to stick with science here. Science has proven this. And it doesn't matter how you feel and how much you love your dog and what you believe. Science has proven this. And we need to stop with creating dogs who are monsters in society, they also don't generalize. A dog 
I mean, if you look at a lot of the tests, it's family dogs. 77% of mullets is family dogs on their, on their own. Mm. Then we've got these dogs who are attacking people indiscriminately. A dog who bites a person lacks bite inhibition. And something else that needs to be raised, your caller mentioned being stern with dogs. That is an old mindset. Mm. Dogs need to be humanely trained and humanely socialized with the world around them. This can only be done by a force-free trainer and behaviorist. I recommend COAPE and the Animal Behavior Consultants of South Africa. Your viewers and your listeners can go and look at the website and find themselves dog trainers who will train their dogs to be productive and acceptable members of society. Oh, of course, one of the things that is going to raise is that many people simply will say that they don't have the time uh, to be investing that much into their dogs. But then again, uh, if you're not going to be putting that much effort, perhaps you shouldn't own a dog. Uh, let me wrap up our callers with B in Port Elizabeth. Good morning. Good morning, Cathy. How are you? I'm well, thank you. All the best in the New Year to you eh? and all your team there. Thank you so, thank much. so much. Same to you. Um, I totally agree mostly with Lynn, actually. Mm. Mm. Spot on. And um, I, I would like to raise three very, very important, uh, um, you know, to mention. In our society with a low employment rate, there are youngsters in our areas, um, especially in northern areas. They're unemployed and it becomes a dogfight money-making thing. Hmm. Okay? So that generates money and it's also in the gangster areas. And where the poverty is. So, high, so, so, B, just explain to me what happens with the dog fights. How does it work? They like do a bit. Mm. It's like betting. This dog is going to beat and whatever. And these animals are exposed to such an evil act, you know, mm. by humans and damage. And, and, and it's so sad. It's sad and sick because these animals has no control over whatever, you know. Mm. And um, they are not registered. It's, like, it's rightly said, uh, like Lynn said, there's no longer the licensing for, for animals, especially in, in speaking of these dogs. And there's no control data, you know, on the inoculations, you know, against disease or anything. And there isn't money. If anything happens, who's going to pay for the damages? Mm. That's the other thing. So it is really, it is such an enormous problem. I mean, around us, we've got one female, Lola. And it is so true what Lynn says, because their characteristics, it depends on you as the owner, you know, the discipline. Mm. Because there are certain things, and I think Lynn would know about that. There are certain things that, that, that they have, you know, in them, reading them, you know. Over the years, we've had so many of them. And then they just like certain, like a stick, because that's self-defense in this space. It's a danger. They don't like caps, you know. They don't like that uh, attacking thing, that wild coming, to, coming towards them. That sort of noisy, you know, whatever. Mm. It's only to protect themselves, and you read them as you go. And I mean, like Lynn mentioned, maybe uh, some more education on how to handle these type of dogs and, and whatever, or dogs in general. You know, right. like this is an engine. But this is a real problem in society. Yeah. Because, I'm, I'm, um, and, also, and also one point, if you, just one second, sorry. Also, ownership of own, on owners. If you know that you are having these 
type of dogs and you know they're very violent, okay? You have to secure your place. This place, you have to secure. So not anyone would be allowed to in that space to be hurt or killed or anything. All right. All right, B. Thank you so much for that call. B calling us from Port Elizabeth. Okay, well, quickly. I I would just like to mention something. She mentioned the dog fighting. Mm. Yes, it is. It's a serious problem. In South Africa, we do have a dedicated dog fighting unit. The NSPCA Special Investigations Unit handles this. Youngsters who are charged or who are charged with fighting dogs or who are fighting dogs need to remember one thing. This crime doesn't only affect them. When they are arrested, it affects their whole family. We're dealing with asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a whole bunch of stuff. But we do have a dedicated dog fighting unit in South Africa, the Special Investigations Unit at the NSBCA. Uh, thanks so much for that, Lynn. Quickly, we're quickly running out of time for this interview. So, Chris, maybe just your final reflections for, from you on, on, on this topic and just information that you think may be worthwhile for, for the public to know. Yes, Kathy, it's interesting to listen to all the calls and the numerous calls. Um, mm-hmm. I think everybody is addressing the same thing here. You know, you're looking at responsibility, responsibility the owner's responsibility, and then also just social responsibility in, in general. And I'm 100% um, in agreement with what the callers have suggested, that the owners should be made aware of what the um, responsibilities are towards the public in, in general when they uh, purchase dogs. Unfortunately, I think, like Ben's also mentioned, not everybody purchase, um, purchases these dogs from uh, registered sellers or registered owners, but be that as it, as it may. Um, we have some articles on our on our website, and I can also give you our details if anyone wants to uh, contact us if they have any further questions in regard to um, possible claims or incidents that they've been involved in. You can go ahead, Chris. Our uh, email address is info at dsclaw.co.za. Info at lsc.co.za. At dsclaw. Not LSD. Okay, it's info at? DSC. Uh-huh. L-A-W. Okay. That's here, that's it, eh? Well, they're also welcome oh, to DSC visit our website. DSC Law. DSC Law. Okay, yes. there we go. Our website, www.dsclaw.co.za. All right. Chris, thank you so much for that and for coming on to the show. Lynn, I've got 30 seconds for you to wrap up as well. Thank you so much. With regards to your, um, I'd like to say, I stress the NSPJ Special Investigation Unit, and when these things happen, go to the police, lay charges, make sure that you act, and get hold of your metro and stay on it. Mm. Don't leave it. All right. Thank you for that. Lynn Rotenbach is a researcher in this field and also former PRO of the Football Federation of South Africa. Uh, plenty of WhatsApp messages that you've been sending through. Isaac saying, uh, here in Springs, Guatemala Extension 2, it's the home of pit bulls. Almost every house has a pit bull. You'll see young boys carrying pit bull puppies, selling them at a thousand rand each. I also have a pit bull in my house currently. All right. So we're going to have to leave this conversation here uh, to get on with the rest of our business. But uh, thanks for um, all of the information that you have shared and contributed.